Welcome to episode 836 of the 1010 Thrive podcast, brought to you by 1010 Thrive Ministries. 1010 Thrive. 10 minutes a day, based on 10 guidelines for abundant living. The book of Ezekiel is set in the context of the Babylonian exile, a period marked by profound crisis and introspection for the people of Israel. During this time, many Israelites were grappling with the consequences of their collective disobedience and the resulting judgment from God, which included the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, as well as their removal from the promised land. Today we stand at a crossroads, much like the Israelites did during their exile in Babylon. Their hearts were heavy, their spirits burdened by the weight of captivity and the seeming unfairness of life. Into their confusion and despair, God spoke powerfully through his prophet. In Ezekiel 18, we find a message not just for those ancient exiles, but for us today. It's a message about personal responsibility, about justice and mercy, and ultimately about the transformative power of repentance and God's desire for us to choose life. Ezekiel 18 opens with God speaking to them about a proverb that was commonly recited and commonly believed among the Jewish people of that time. This was the proverb. The fathers eat sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. An alternate version puts it this way. The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. Still another, the contemporary English version, records it as this. Our parents ate sour grapes, but our own teeth suffer. This proverb expressed a belief that the current generation was suffering unjustly for the sins of their ancestors. It reflected a sense of fatalism and collective determinism, suggesting that individuals have no control over their fate, but are bound to suffer for the sins of previous generations. The proverb reflected a resignation to a destiny controlled by the actions of others, a life without personal accountability or the possibility of change. But God challenges this notion in verse 3. As I live, declares the Lord God, you shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Why? Because all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. God begins his answer to the false proverb by declaring an important principle. All souls belong to God, the souls of the fathers as well as the children. If Israel complained that previous generations escaped the consequences of their sin, God assures them that he has authority over all. God's response is clear and profound. Every individual is precious to him, and every individual is responsible for their own actions. We are not bound by the sins of our forefathers, nor are we trapped in our past. This truth shatters the chains of fatalism and opens the door to personal freedom and responsibility. Because God has authority over all souls, including the Father and the Son, God promises to pronounce judgment over every guilty soul. None who should be punished for their sins will escape that judgment. Ezekiel 18 lays out a series of scenarios, contrasting the righteous and the wicked, making it clear that each person will be judged based on their own actions, not those of their parents or children. If a person is just, follows God's decrees, and does what is right, they will surely live. Conversely, if a person sins, they will face the consequences of their actions. This principle of personal responsibility is liberating, but also sobering. It places the reins of our destiny in our own hands. We can no longer blame our lineage or our circumstances for our choices. God calls each of us to own our actions, to recognize our sin, and to embrace the path of righteousness. But what if we have walked the path of wickedness? Is there hope for us? 
Ezekiel 18 resounds with a powerful, Yes. If a wicked person turns away from their sins, does what is just and right, they will surely live, they will not die. All their transgressions will be forgotten. In God's economy, repentance resets the clock. It's a divine exchange. Our sins for his forgiveness, our death for his life. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, we discover that the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This divine patience and longing for our return is poignantly illustrated in the parable of the prodigal son, where the father, representing God, waits with open arms to lovingly embrace his wayward child. This narrative, together with the assurance in 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, paints a clear picture of a God whose essence is love, a God who tirelessly seeks the lost, mends the broken, and offers boundless grace to all who seek him. In the fullness of his love and justice, God provides a path to redemption through Jesus, underscoring his unwavering commitment to rescue and restore, affirming that his heart truly yearns for none to perish. The door of repentance and restoration is open to any wicked person, even to a thief crucified alongside Jesus. But let us not be complacent. The same passage warns that if a righteous person turns to wickedness, their righteousness will be forgotten. God's justice is impartial. His desire is not for us to oscillate between good and evil, but to pursue a consistent path of righteousness, marked by ongoing repentance and a heart that seeks after him. In verses 25 to 32, God addresses the accusation of his people. The way of the Lord is not just. But it is not God's ways that are unjust. It is our understanding that is flawed. God's justice is perfect, balanced by his unfathomable mercy. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but desires that they turn from their ways and live. This is the heart of our Father. He is not a tyrant delighting in punishment, but a loving parent yearning for the return of his wayward children. He extends an invitation to us, an invitation to turn from our transgressions, to cast away our sins, and to embrace a new heart and a new spirit. For why should we die, house of Israel? Our God is a God of life, and he invites us to choose life, that we may live. As we come to the close of this chapter, we are confronted with a choice. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. The call to repentance is urgent and personal. It's a call to examine our lives, to acknowledge our sins, and to turn wholeheartedly to God. It's a call to embrace the new heart and new spirit that God offers us, to break free from the destructive patterns of sin, and to walk in the abundant life that he has for us. The 1010 Life, Life to the Fullest Imagine a small community with two gardeners, each inheriting a piece of land from their parents. The first gardener's plot was well tended by their parents, rich with fertile soil and a variety of healthy plants. The second gardener's plot, however, was neglected, the soil was depleted, and the only plants were stubborn weeds. The first gardener appreciated their inheritance, but took it for granted. They assumed the garden would always thrive, so they neglected their duties, allowing weeds to grow and failing to nourish the soil. Over time, the once-flourishing garden began to wither. The second gardener faced a more challenging start. But instead of resigning to the poor condition of their plot, they decided to take action. They removed the weeds, enriched the soil, and carefully chose new plants to cultivate. With dedication and hard work, the neglected plot was transformed into a vibrant garden. This story mirrors the message of Ezekiel 18, 
It's not our inherited conditions that define our future, but our actions and choices. The first gardener, like those who rely solely on their righteous ancestors, found their garden, their life, deteriorating due to neglect. The second gardener, despite the initial disadvantages, chose to act, transforming their plot, much like individuals in Ezekiel's message, who decide to turn away from their wickedness and choose a righteous path. In Ezekiel 18, we find a mirror reflecting the condition of our own hearts and a roadmap guiding us to life. God's message through Ezekiel is clear. We are not bound by the sins of our past, nor are we trapped in a cycle of despair. We have been given the gift of choice to choose right useness over wickedness, life over death, and not just any life, the 1010 life. Today, let this message resonate in our hearts. Let us embrace the personal responsibility that God has entrusted to us. Let us come before Him in genuine repentance, accepting His mercy, and committing to a path of righteousness. And let us move forward, knowing that our God is a God of justice, a God of mercy, and above all, a God of life. Father, may we choose life that we and our descendants may live. That's our episode. Remember that God calls you not only to live, but to thrive. Live life to the fullest today.